We are recording. Are we recording though? This is a podcast where somebody touch my spaghetti. Somebody touch my spaghetti. It wasn't me. First spaghetti of season five? I think so. Hello, Hello. everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes. Dragon Balls. It, it feels like it's only been 20 seconds since our intro, but for us, it's been at least five minutes. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Dungeon Master, uh, and I'm here to lead you through Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure for everyone. Uh, and today I'm joined by five good friends of mine. Hey guys, it's Jeremy, and I play Blaze Blightwood, Lorik's cousin. No. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Joe. <laughs> Joe Mama? Jeffrey, I have a, just a quick question. Did you decide to play Joseph for the sole purpose of being able to say that you play Joe every episode? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I play Joe Mama. Joe Mama? My name is Alan, and I play Brackle. 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 Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Meg, also known as Margaret Cavendish. Meg. My name is Zach, and I play the corrupt solar panel salesman that lied to Alan. <laughs> wow. $16 a month. Also, also known as Chris. Chris. There he is, Chris. All our powers combined, we are make-believe heroes. We might actually all be heroes uh, this time around. All right, we're going to get to some Dungeons and Dragons, but first we've got a couple things to take care of. First, we're going to read a five-star review. We still get those? Why can't we read a two-star review? I think we should confuse everyone and read a th- like four-star review. Can you read it like the Shiv? Yeah, I'll read this one like the Shiv because it's really short. Yeah. I think I can do that. Yeah. Um, this one actually comes from, this one's from a while back. comes from all the way in the UK across the pond. Uh, and it is from Configuring Focus. That's her name. Sounds like a band name. Whoa. Does it sound like a band name? And the review is entitled Great Show. And uh, I've been it's been requested that I read it as the shiv, so I'm gonna try do to it. do that right now. Love the interaction between you guys. Absolutely love the show. <laughs> And that was the Shiv reading positive things about our show, which is surprising. That's so good. Very shocking. Honestly. Amazing. We are also going to read another one because we've got a bunch of reviews. There's no way we're going to get through them all. Here's one very quickly coming from all the way in Australia from the Undead King. Austria. This is the best. Thanks for taking over my ears. Says. Amazing. Hey, MBH, dot, dot, dot. Nice. This pot is so spice with a pepper and then the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the face where he's like blowing steam out of his nose and then another pepper. I love this clean actual play D&D podcast. One of the very few... P.S. The Orange Drake and Kelly, is that how that's spelled? Mm-hmm. Is so good. I love them. Yes. See ya. Thanks for existing on my feed with a smiley face with a tongue. Is that how it's nice. spelled? Yeah. Uh, no. No, actually no. It's actually D-R-A-C-O-N-K-E-L-I, one word. Oh. So, But hey, thank you so much for the reviews, both of you. And if there's a, y'all want to help us out, just go leave us a five-star review. That's a big help. You can also support us at patreon.com slash makebeliefheroes. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out. Just like this one. For Joanna Gruthwis. I don't know if that's said right. Joanna Gruthwis. Oh my. Gruthwis. 
G-R-O-O-T-H-U-I-S. Gruthwis. Thank you so much for being a patron. Thank you. For your love and kindness. You're uh, awesome. We are forever in your debt. And yeah, I think that, uh, that pretty much does it. And we are sorry Paul butchered your name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Pell. Gruthless. His name's Pell Nicole Shirley. Get it right. No. But if you, uh, <laughs> if you love us, we love you. We're thankful for all your support. And now... Let's get to some Dungeons and Dragons. You wanna? Let's roll a giant blue d twenty. Roll it. It's gonna be a nine. Thirty-seven. Oh, that was really close, Zach. It's an eight, Zach. Dang it! You're so close. One off, Zach. I quit. That's pretty good. With an eight, we are going to begin by talking about what happened last time. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Make believe heroes. Last time, our adventurers found themselves face-to-face with a strange figure deep beneath the Earth's crust by a strange monolith that they found surrounded by an underground lake. This figure asked them, what are y'all doing here, basically? And this figure was none other than the Shade. (gasps) What? Wow. Having found him inadvertently while trying to uh, survive a sort of earthquake type thing that sucked them down into a cavern. Uh, they followed him through a very twisty, turny uh, maze of paths, leading them to the Onyx Ziggurat. Along the way, though, Brackle was not feeling great. A little sweaty, a little feverish, maybe coming down with a little something. But with Karn, their guide through the jungles north of Inhaven, they came to not only the ziggurat, but a dining room where the Shade had prepared a meal specially for the six of them, almost as if he knew they were coming. As they joined the dinner, they found there was another figure there waiting for them. Karn's sister, Hyalamia. Reunited with his sister at last, Karn found himself elated, but also in a hurry to get out of there, take her back home only to discover that she had actually came to the Shiv's home herself and was looking for their long-lost uncle, Hyalamir. 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 But as the group tried to convince the Shade to join them to return to Venthaven to help with their quest, Brackle suddenly became very, very ill. In desperation, Meg contrived a sort of concoction, a lesser restoration, you might say. But Brackle's body had a very negative reaction to it. His shadow expanded, growing out from behind him, becoming more corporeal and laugh maniacally, seemingly losing his mind in the shade, leapt up onto the table, walked over and grabbed a hold of the shadow. And as he did, something changed. It lit with a purple flame. A shriek came out from Brackle's lips and he (coughs) fell unconscious. Terrifying. Brackle. You open your eyes, and you are in a very warm and well-lit place. You are lying on your back, not in the most comfortable place you've ever been in. It feels like your legs are hanging off the end of a short couch type thing. Uh, but you open your eyes, and you, you feel you're covered in thick blankets. You can hear the crackling fire of a, uh, of a fireplace right next to you. And there are numerous lamps lit all around them. It's actually very brightly lit. Under normal circumstances, it might be too bright for you, like you might would have even had trouble falling asleep. But right now, you feel like you are awaking after being hit by a truck. Does Brackle know what a truck is? 
No. Whatever the D&D equivalent of that is. Sat on by a Tarrasque. That's pretty intense. It is. <laughs> He's dead. Rackle died. You awake. You look around. What do I see? Well, you, you're not definitely not in the dining room anymore. Am I in Kansas? Doesn't even really... You don't think you're inside the Onyx Ziggurat at all right now. You, you think the, the walls are pretty close by. It's some kind of a hut, you would guess. Like the way the roof is shaped and... It's very small. Um, you're still sort of out of it. You feel drained. You feel very tired. Your breathing is kind of heavy. And you look around, and you do see one person nearby. And as you... Do you try to sit up, or what do you do? I try to sit up. You try to sit up, and at the sound of, like, the shuffling, um, the figure turns and sees you standing there. And it is the pale-skinned butler, uh, who is very goblinish whom you recall, whose name was Glum, and he sees you sort of trying to uh, pick yourself up there. Goblin-ish. He's goblin-ish. Yeah, I mean, he he looks like a goblin, but he's very pale-skinned. Um, his eyes don't look as sort of cruel and wild as a lot of goblins you've been around. You know what I'm saying? He's very well-mannered for a goblin, say like that. And he sees you there, and he says, Oh, Master Breckle, one moment, please. And he turns and, and runs out of the room. Uh, I, I say out the room. He opens the door. Uh, you feel like you smell like the sort of swampy air come in through the door. Uh, and you can see outside and it's pitch dark out there. And he leaves and leaves you in here alone for a moment. So, uh, whew, what do I what do I see and experience and feel while I'm all alone? Am I sad? You, you're you in this room? Well, I, don't, I can't tell you if you're sad. You can tell me. Um, you don't feel well. Uh, your, your head is kind of fuzzy. Uh, you've got a headache. You know, the the bright lights are kind of hurting your eyes. You are tr- kind of struggling to remember, like, and a little bit disoriented. Like, why am I here? And then you start to recall the feeling you had, the last feelings you had inside the dining room, trying to eat the nausea. Um, you remember the taste of some weird tincture that Meg had given you. And then after that, things just seem very weird and, and, and like... Like jumbled up, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't feel so good. He turns into dust. Oh, what? There is a pitcher of water and a glass on the table there. If you want to try and get to that, I try to drink some. Just go ahead and give me a Constitution save, just to see how you're how you're holding up as you go to stand up. That is a nine. Nine. A nine total. It's a seven, and then I add two to it. Two two. So with a nine. Um, you are able to get up, but when you go to take a step, you stumble and you, you like catch, grab the chair. You don't fall on the ground, but you kind of like grab the chair, like whoa, I'm, I need like I need this to hold on to to stay afoot, you know. Uh, and you're able to get a drink of the water about the time that you're taking a a big drink of the water, and it, and it is very cool and and delicious, and it's kind of like just what you needed in this moment. Just what you needed. Door opens again, and. Who comes to check on Brackle? I do. Probably Meg. She almost killed him. Meg does. Anyone else? Joe does. <clears throat> Joe? Joe Mama. I like Brackle. I would follow. Blaze would notice everybody else going to check on Brackle and be like, Right. Absolutely. So you all come into the room. Everybody comes into the room. Uh, and Brackle, you see all of your friends uh, and or associates. Enemies? Stepping in, or enemies, stepping into the room to check on you, and you all see Brackle staying there looking very weak and sipping some water. It is so good to see you standing. I honestly thought I killed you. I thought you did too. What did you do? Uh, just a 
little potion to try and make you feel better. Is that what made me dead? It didn't work. Meg is a very wise and powerful wizard. I am sure she was not trying to hurt you. Oh, I, I know she didn't try. I'm just... I appreciate the efforts. I'm just... What, what happened? Why did I... How did I... What happened? Stepping in through the door comes the shade. Uh, ah, Brackle, I see you're up and about. Perhaps you should have a seat, my young friend. Don't overdo it. I sit down. Please, please, ha- have a seat. Have have a, a little something to eat. And he gives you a, a little plate off the table. It's got like some little cracker type things on it. Very light. I don't know if I can eat. Trust me, these won't harm you at all. They're the lightest possible thing, but you need to regain your strength, my friend. Uh, I take a cracker. And you projectile vomit in a circular motion all around the room. Just kidding. It's dry. You know, you drink some water, but it, it settles your stomach. And you're not feeling nearly as nauseous as you were. Now, 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 Brackle, tell me, how are you feeling? I feel not great. Better than before, but still not great. Hmm. Your friends here and I, we've been quite worried about you. Of course, we, we brought you here to Glum's hut. He was so gracious to, to allow you to stay in his place. And Glum is standing over to the side, and he just gives a little bow toward the shade. You gave us quite a scare back there. I gave me quite a scare, too. Thank you, Glum. Yes, how did you know what to do? You handled the situation, well, better than I could. Well, I've been around a bit. Seen a number of things. Brackle. Yeah. You you were asking what what caused this. Someone was asking. Who asked? Someone can't keep up. There are so many of you. That is my question for you, Brackle. When did you first notice that you had an extra shadow? A fair amount of time ago, I was told to watch my shadow, but this is the first time I've noticed anything tangible related to that. A fair amount of time ago. How long ago would you say? It was on the summer solstice. Summer sausage. Ah, so months ago, almost, well, over half year. We're already coming up on spring, aren't we? Pretty soon it's going to be May. What caused it, though? When, what Was there any sort of significant event that occurred during that time, perhaps? Uh, we killed the mayor. You killed the mayor? Of what town, village, city, hamlet? Well, he wasn't a real mayor. He was a interloper. Where was this, Brackle? In uh, Branshire. Braxentaric. The summer solstice. Yes, you're speaking of... Oh, of course. Did Braxton do this to you? He did. How did he do it? What happened? I don't know. I just assume it was him because he's a jack wagon. <laughs> True. <laughs> At any point during that, did something latch itself to you? There's a shadow. Its name is me, but it's out there, and but apparently it's in here too. And he points at a shadow. Brackle, I find that our conversations are very confusing. If only there was someone here who also was there that could tell me, but... Nonetheless, I expect that your shadow is connected to Sebastian Blackfire. Oh, yeah. Braxton's uh, benefactor. Funnily enough, Joe actually saw Braxton Tarek down there with Sebastian Blackfire with the oh, altar oh. that he was about to yep. take on a ship to Branchar. That is true. Joe knows everything. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So, you said 
he still has the shadow? Yes, yes, the shadow is here, but that's why we brought him out of the Onyx Ziggurat. You see, the Ziggurat is an ancient place with somewhat unknown origins. Some say it was intentionally created by the gods, others say it was some sort of anomaly uh, in the midst of creation. Uh, there are a few of these, uh, three or four anyway. Um, but the Ziggurat's power is connected to some sort of darkness. Not the same sort of darkness, not evil, but darkness. And, as you know, shadows thrive in the darkness. So I'm so happy right now. I thought getting you out of there and into the hut and turning up the lights, he says, kind of motioning around, might help you uh, overcome the influence. I'm afraid that walking through the, the catacombs may have weakened your resistance to its power. In a way, it fed his shadow. Mm. In a way, yes. Shade, perhaps you should escort us back to the city. There will be more sunshine to weaken his shadow that way. Well, yes, but I'm afraid that the little sunshine's not going to fix your problem, Brackle. You have a you have a parasite. Sort of magical parasite. Mm, that's not, that doesn't sound good. So how do we get rid of this? Wait, is that an option? I'm not sure. I could easily tell you how to give someone something like this, but to take it away, I'm not as certain, to be honest. Oh, wow. (laughs) The truth is, if mortals remain inside the ziggurat for too long, they do sometimes find their minds slipping away from them. I've seen it happen. Oh, I've been there. Good thing I'm not so mortal, but perhaps it could have that effect on me. (laughs) I would very much like to know the truth of that statement. Are you... Immortal? Well, so you won't die? Um, I can't really say, to be honest. I've lived so long now. Give me a persuasion check. Oh. Blaze. Oh. Do it. Do it. Blaze. Right, let's see. Persuasion. Um, my persuasion's a negative one, bruh. <laughs> yeah, it's a whopping ten. Can I help him? Please. Please. How are you? I've how been, are you going to help? I've been sitting here talking and having. Your persuasion's a negative one. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a dumb, dumb head. Well, you see, um, we did trust you to bring us here, and we actually were sent to find you. And the people that sent us, uh, they don't exactly trust you. But uh, here we are, and you helped Brackle. And don't trust me. If you told us more about you, then we could actually make people more or less. Uh, be okay with you. Alright. I think she's trying to say it would be mutually beneficial for everyone. Uh, roll, uh, give me another roll that she's helping you so you're gonna have advantage on the roll. <laughs> advantage on the roll? They all suck. Oh no. I got a ten, a six, and a three. They do all suck. They He's gonna roll suck. against you. A ten. So we tied? No, I'm asking you what you rolled. He rolled pretty low. A ten is the best I got. A gentleman never shares all of his secrets, but, all right, I'll tell you what. I will admit I am incapable, it would seem, of dying. I don't know why, though, so don't ask me. Wow, Paul, I just want to hit you. Have you forgotten why? I've forgotten more than you will ever know, Joseph. And on that note, as you said, was it Meg? requested that I lead you all to the city or someone. Again, there's so many of you. I think I shall accompany you all to Venthaven. After all, someone needs to make sure that Brackle doesn't kill you all. That's true. Brackle could not kill me. Uh, Unless, of course, you all think we should just cut our losses and kill Brackle here. 
Uh, we 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 uh, need to keep Brackle alive. Are you sure? Yes. If we were to kill Brackle and then revive him, would it remove the shadow? I don't know. If you kill Brackle, he'll die. And then he would become the shadow. We are not going to kill the small human. I wasn't saying we should kill him. I was just curious. It's a valid question. Making him unalive means he is no longer alive. Right, but my, my inquisitive mind does wonder if his soul were to depart from his body, would then the... But you know, it's also possible that if we killed him, the shadow could take over his body. That's what I said. Because that is what will eventually happen if we don't remove it. Brackle soul will be devoured by the darkness and then eventually he will become well, the dark version of himself. Is there a way to stop that? Hopefully if you help us, we can figure it out and we, get the shadow away from him. We need to find, well, there's lots of smart folks down in Venthaven and also the most spiritual kind. This, we will either have to get the shadow off of Brackle or we will have to kill him in the end. Mm. So we could just go ahead and jump to the end or we could go to Ventaven and hopefully we'll find someone who can help him. I, I, I yeah, I lean toward the second option. All right. Uh, should we put it to a vote? Who says we go to Ventaven and try to save Brackle? Raise of hands. Brackle raises his hand. Okay. Blaze raises both of his hands. I raise my hand. Okay. Meg raises her hand. Chris gives like half a hand raise. Why are you not putting up all your hands? Oh, we've already lost. All right, that's fine. No, I'm sure that's good. It's not like I want he to kill Brackle. He said we've already lost. <laughs> Chris is curious. <laughs> Let's see. That's one, two, three, four. Blaze. One hand only counts for one. Um, okay, is that it? Uh, those in favor of, of trying the death resurrection um, um, uh experiment and shade raises joe his hand. raises his hand again chris does another okay. half a hand raise <laughs> well close but i think it seems Blaze like puts a hand on his sword <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the more conservative uh group oh is going to win in this case all right brackle we will take you to ventaven i will accompany you and help with whatever mission this is so long as i can get my hands on that pearl of remembrance joseph yes of course for now, it is quite late. Um, if we are going to make a long journey, we should get what rest we can. I agree. I don't believe in rest. Brackle, I think you should remain out here in the hut. Glum will, of course, watch over you. He is a good host. The rest of you, I have room for you in the ziggurat if you would like to join me. Yes, I would. Of course. I do not know how to pronounce that word, but I am very excited to stay in your place. Well, you can call it my temple, if that's easier for you to say. Temple of the Shade. Temple of Shade. Shadow Temple. Hmm. Wow. Alright. I will take you up on that offer. It sounds like a place on my adventures that I would go to to find treasure and fight monsters. Well, there are monsters and treasure plenty within my ziggurat, but don't worry, you won't be running into any of that tonight. We'll just be in the guest quarters. If you would all follow me. Brackle, do you require anything else before you take your rest? Uh, do you have a glass of milk? I am most certain that we can procure you some milk. Cow's milk? Because I hate milk. Oh, well then we won't give you any milk then. But I'd like it anyway. Glum, would you please procure Brackle some milk so that he can drink it regretfully? Would you like to play a game of cards? I'm afraid I'm too spent for cards tonight, Blaze. But we will be traveling together for some days. Perhaps we'll have another opportunity. I'd like to drink and lose all my money. 
the shade says, well, I'd be happy to help you with both of those things as he walks out the door. Is everybody going back to the ziggurat to sleep except for Brackle? I think before I leave, uh-huh. Brackle, you are okay by yourself, right? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll be okay. Don't worry about Brackle. I'll be staying here with you, Master Brockle. Okay. If you need anything or glum, if anything happens, just please, please tell me. I am feeling pretty glum. Don't worry, gentle lady. We will be just fine. And she just follows on with the shade and them. You all go to your places. You all find that the shade is prepared very cushy uh, sleeping quarters for each of you. Your own rooms. Very comfortable. Very nice. My own room? It is very late. It's into the late hours, well beyond midnight, when you all finally lay down to sleep. And does everyone go to sleep and or yes. take the rest? Blaze does immediately. Yes. He uh, carefully rewraps his sword and passes out. Blaze, you're an elf, right? That's right. So is Meg. So yes. so you guys do a little bit more of that trancey thing than straight up sleepy thing. Either way, it, it, it equates to the same thing. Blaze legitimately snores. Blaze, the moment that you close your eyes and you feel your consciousness settle into that sort of between place, you fall into a blissful sleepiness. And then you open your eyes. Oh, no. And you are in a very bright place. Bright white light surrounds you from every direction. Uh, And it takes you a moment to sort of acclimate to that. There's no sound, but there almost seems to be a sound in your ears. And and it's just the fact that your ears are not accustomed to whatever the atmosphere is in this place. And your sight clears out, your ears, they clear out. And you look around you, and you are standing on a white platform, a large white platform seems to be almost like, uh, think like the most perfect white marble you've ever seen. And there are around the room, if you want to call it that, not that you can see any walls, it just seems to go on forever in every direction, including the roof. You can't see the roof. There are pillars coming up beside this platform, not connected to it, but beside it, that just run away above you into obscurity. You cannot see the end. But there are some other figures around you. One, you notice and recognize she is standing right behind you. She steps up and places a hand on your shoulder. It is the beautiful Prevalian. Oh. (gasps) Your patron goddess, the goddess of spring and the sea. Uh, He smiles when he sees her. Yes. Lady, I am humbled with your presence. Welcome, Blaze. She kind of motions her hand forward for you to look. And and you see behind her is her throne. You've never seen it before, but it is a beautiful thing. It, it seems to be made from perfect pearl, and it's got the whole, the same color scheme you used to see. But, but as you look around the room, you notice you're not alone. There are five other people in the room with you. To your left, you see a figure seated on a beautiful golden throne. I mean, it is, like, impressive. And the figure sitting on it is possibly even more impressive. He seems to just emanate the light of the sun. Oh. His head is completely covered in, in like a orange flame, like sunlight. And standing before him is a specimen of physicality. The people's champion! <gasps> Kiorg. My lady, why is there 
such a weak-looking half-orc in front of that lesser mm. god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Georg. What's Georg look like? He looks like very tall. Mm, he looks very tall. Black-skinned. And he's got signature sleeveless blue shirt with the symbol of Paylor and mm-hmm. the symbol of the Mogador. Mogador. Is he wearing his helmet? Yes, he's wearing his helmet. It's like a golden helmet with wings on it? Yes. With shiny Covered in all jewels over all over it? Yes, it is amazing. It's very immaculate looking. Whoa. Directly across, because think of like a big circle platform. It's not really circular. It's more like, I don't know what it would be. There are two more figures. There's another throne. It is like black as coal, but it has a sort of like icy sheen over it. And there is seated over it a very um, striking figure, long beard with ashen gray skin and an enormous hammer. Its head rested on the ground before him. You can feel a cold wind emanating from him. And standing in front of him, what do we see? You see... A dwarf. A dwarf. Smiling ear to ear, Grinning. arms crossed, with two hammers on her back over top of a turtle shell backpack. She's got new shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> Champion shoes. Mm-hmm. Blaze! It's Mogert Stonefire. Welcome. We've been waiting. It is a pleasure to meet you, turtle dwarf. Haha, <laughs> I like it. There's one more figure standing opposite from you, Blaze. He has no accompanying god or goddess. He is standing next to a beautiful monument crafted from gold and silver. He sees someone in purple eyeball robes. Whoa. Purple eyeball robes. (laughs) Wow. It's Jim. It's Jim. Paylor stands facing the four of you. Allow me to say welcome to all of our champions. This is the first time that we have all gathered together in one place. It is not the last time, but Blaze Blightwood, you have been chosen by my dear Provalium. And now, we must speak together. Vetter, he doesn't stand up, but he kind of leans forward and puts a hand on Mogert's shoulder. It's very cold, but it's not like uncomfortably cold. It doesn't bother Mogert. We welcome you here to the Chamber of the Gods. You're all very aware, as we've told you, that great darkness has risen, and the moment of our battle draws very near. Provalian steps up, and she kind of puts an arm like around your shoulder, Blaze. She's tall taller than you, but she kind of reaches and puts her arm on your shoulder. And since you will all be standing as our champions, standing vigilant against the darkness that has threatened to destroy our world, we thought it was only fair and appropriate that you come together and show us. For this is the first time that anything like this has ever occurred, that the gods have chosen champions of mortals. We have given you all our blessings, and not just a simple blessing, but we have imbued you with our own powers. So we would like you to show one another and us how these powers have manifested themselves within your bodies. Paylor says, Well, Kjorg, 
I think you've probably had more opportunity to exercise your power than anyone else, so why don't you start us out? Come on, Goldilocks. I immediately grow forearms and turn into a golden werewolf form all at once. Like a werewolf howl. Fiery, (laughs) sunlit fur just spreads across your entire body. Wow. Wow. It's bright. It's on par with Paylor's. Like, it's the same look of his, like, beard and and, and, and hair that's coming off of Kjork's fur now. What color is his eyes? The color of the sun. Oh my! So we can't stare directly at your don't eyes. Don't look! Don't look directly at the eyes. You go blind. <laughs> don't do it. Just just see <laughs> <laughs> my lady, I did not know we were allowed to bring our pets. Dravetter says, "Impressive, Kjork. Impressive." Of course. Jebelil, why don't you show us how the power of my beloved Atonia has developed inside of you? Well, I'm still kind of sorting through it, learning this new stuff, but one thing is that I still have my warlock abilities, even though my patron is gone. So I think that's part of Atonia's power. I also, and then he pulls out a scroll and starts flipping through it. I've, I've got some notes here. Uh, so on par. You know, every so often I get the taste of like cinnamon and nutmeg in my mouth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm just like can't get it out no matter what I eat or drink mm-hmm. I think that might be related you sneeze <laughs> wings pop out of your back <gasps> what? What, what, what what that one's this, new. that's awesome um, no that's happened before oh yeah yeah I forgot about the wings um, <laughs> and he he flaps a little forgot about the wings mm. <laughs> oh that is interesting have you noticed any other bestial abilities that tend to reveal themselves in you? Sometimes I can run like a gazelle. I do some gazelle running. Wow, he's fast. That is very interesting, Jemmelil. Jemaine. I don't think I could beat him in a race. I've seen some of these powers manifest themselves from time to time in Jemmelil. I believe there is even more that will reveal itself to him when he placed in the situations of extreme stress. Mogert. Yogurt. Stonefire here is my champion. I believe you've begun to experience some of the changes yourself. Oh, yeah. And she's like stretching a little. Mm-hmm. Oh, watch this, Georgi. <laughs> so she Just like does, lunges. touches her toes a little. Mm-hmm. Stretches. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Shakes her hands. Mm-hmm. Stretching's overrated. You see her... <laughs> Inhale really big, and when she blows the air out, it's like icy. Mm. And it kind of frosts up her neck mm-hmm. and like kind of on her arms and all that. Mm-hmm. And she pulls the hammers out. Both of them? Yeah, and has them one in each hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of see, I'm going to say she gets a little bit Swell up a little bit? Like bigger. And then you see her skin kind of get like rocky. Mm-hmm over top of it mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the thing but not all over like the her. thing from the fantastic four yeah so it's like all down her arms and everything i'm very impressed with the turtle but not orange it's probably more like yeah like it's gray, like, like dark gray it's just yeah stone but skin. it's not really on her face because it's more like ice coming up her face mm-hmm. you like smash those hammers on the ground or yeah something? Mm. <laughs> smash the hammers on the ground ice just goes like shooting across the room from them it's very cool Literally. And then she like twirls the hammers, put them back on her back. Oh, yeah. That felt real good. Blaze, 
I know you've only just recently received my power, but show us, have you begun to experience any of the changes? I am humbled by the abilities I see here. I have exhibited none of those, but for some reason, my sword did catch on fire in battle. Ooh. Well, I, that reason would be your understanding of creation. I have been able to answer many questions that before made no sense to me. That would be my intelligence and wit. Do you have your sword with you? He, like, gives her a look like, what is this giant thing on my back? And then pulls it off and starts unwrapping it. I have labored long on this sword. It has been a mystery of my family for some time. See how I have been putting the different types of stones in the hilt and up the spine of the sword? Show me what you can do with it. She like waves her hand and, and in the middle of the arena there appears like a sort of mannequin type thing. This should be good. He uh, walks over to it several times and looks back at her mm-hmm. like not really sure what to do. He walks to the center and he looks over his shoulder at her and he uh, he picks up the sword and like lifts it above the mannequin's head mm-hmm. and then he literally just drops it and let it just butter cut through the thing. Uh, it's just a regular sword? It's his great sword. It bounces off of it. No, no, no. Blaze, you must imagine. You must use your powers to make the sword what it must be to cut through that. You look at it again, and it looks like it's made out of the same white stone that the floor is made out of. And she's kind of walking in a circle around it. What sort of energy or material might cut through solid marble? It would take something beyond fire. All right. Like what? Like the thunder strikes. All right. Show me what you've got. He like takes it. He picks up his sword again, throws mm-hmm. it over his shoulder, and then starts spinning it like over his head. Uh. Start getting some crackling going on. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a, a blue lightning strike as he comes across it. Okay. Oh boy! When the sword collides with the marble statue. It's like there's a sort of wave of thunder coming down in front of it, and it just, like, crushes through it and sends all the pieces flying in every direction. He, he's, like, laughing. <laughs> I have never done that before. That was awesome! I could have got it first try. <laughs> How does the wolf dog talk? <laughs> I cannot wait to ride him. He is not a wolf dog. He is a... He is a half-orc. Our time grows short. Blaze, I look forward to seeing how your abilities grow. The same for you, Mogert. It seems you're right at home with the power of my brother. I am just like everyone here. Dervetter stands, uh, and he, he and he's very tall. He, he shrinks down to a more normal human size um, as he approaches Jimalil to his right. And he puts a hand on Jimalil's shoulder. Jimalil. Yes. We realize that your patron goddess is not here to help you along this path. And she was taken from us. And so myself and my brother and my sister, we will aid in anything that you need. We will ensure that you learn to wield this power with the same level of expertise that we know you should 
For son, the great battle will rage on Monomi. And when it does, it will be the four of you that will determine the fate of our world. Will you be ready for that? What was chained will be fenced. <laughs> you see Paylor crack a grin. I really like that statement. Whatever it takes to avenge my goddess. Mogert puts mm-hmm. her hand on her uh, chest like mm-hmm. a uh, dwarven salute. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. You all must spend the remaining days that you have preparing as best as you possibly can. I know there is much to be done. Gemaliel, I know that you've been helping Deveter as you shepherd those out from Atonia's Grove. That is all very important, but you must also prepare yourself for the battle ahead. You must wield your strengths, wield your powers, find that great power that rests within you. For as you wield it more and more, you will find that you become something new. For, as I said before, this is something that has never before been done. The gods have never before taken mortal champions. We have never given our power to mortals. And we cannot say exactly how it will end. But we can confidently say that none of you will ever be the same again. This is not the first time I have never been the same. I'm excited to pursue this duty. He like reaches up and touches one of those missing ear parts. We will send you back to your rest. We will not summon you again together like this until... Well, we will rendezvous once more before the final battle. But in the meantime, you must pray if you need our aid. Is there anything that you need, that you require of us, for now? Can I get a fence? Yes, Kjord, one day yes. I'll have that fence, when all of this is over. Oh, Kjorgi, just wait, we're gonna win and defeat the bad guys. I could use some advice. I am in the ziggurat of one called The Shade. Oh, The Shade, yeah. I look over, I have no idea who The Shade is. I was wondering how much we can trust him and how I can convince him to help the people of Venthaven. <laughs> Got him! You did ask. Got him! Got him! Uh, let's see. Hmm. What, how is your passive here? Let me see. What's your passive, Blaze? Passive perception is a 14, so it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Skeet, skeet. You notice that the, the gods look at each other. Uh, and particularly Dervetter and Paylor both look at Provalian, and she kind of quickly glances at the two of them, although it's harder to see on her. She's a little, little more sneaky about it. I would recommend that you proceed with caution, Blaze. It is true that Zer Lewin might be of some aid in our cause. In fact, I am aware that Marleyan has asked you all to go and find him. But... As I said, be careful. I wouldn't say that he can be trusted, but I would not say that he can't be trusted either. Does it have something to do with the fact that he may or may not be immortal? Do you have any information on that? I'm afraid our time for now has come short. As for his personal effects, I'm afraid I must leave that to him. You are kind and wise. 
Thank you all for giving us your time. We will see you again very soon. Do your best to prepare and be ready. Jim flaps. It flaps his wings. You all wake up. Mogert. Your eyes open and you awake. The wind flying past you from the back of a dragon. You stretch. Tempari's copper scales glow in the cool moonlight as you guys trot through like a thin cloud, swooping down over the other side of the Elder Mountains. Looking down, you pass over what you recognize to be Foothill Village and quickest spirits. And soon the drylands run away far beneath you as you make haste toward the Rorag Gook clan. Tempari's draconic voice rumbles back and up through her scales. Are, Are you, you all right, right Mogert? I felt you fall still. I, I hope I didn't wake you. Oh, I'm fine. Just talking to the gods, you know. Business, champion business. And how are the gods? Oh, they're great. We had to show off a little. I see. Well, I must say, there's been a couple times in the last few minutes where things got really cold in that one spot where you're sitting. Um, so I hope everything's okay. Oh, it's just some powders, and I, like, try to, like, shoot ice out of my hand. No, it does not I, I can't do it great, but right. I have to practice. Well, we'll arrive at the Rorak Goot clan at daybreak. It won't be long now. You should rest while you still have time. Tell Hawk I said hi. You rest your head against her scales. They're warm. Mm. Soon, you'll deliver Kjorg's message to Fang and Keela, and then home. Home. She just curls up, and, like, she just kind of puts her arms behind her head and just looks up at the sky and dreams about home. Kjorg, you awake, leaning back in a large armchair, soft and warm. The fireplace has died down to a low glow, glittering off that golden symbol of Palor on your chest. You look around in the room, you stand, walk over, there's a large window, and you pull back the heavy shades, and you can see the first rays of sunlight peering over the inner wall of Branshire. From your personal quarters here in the Temple of Palor, you can see the core outside coming to life at daybreak. A knock at the door, though, draws your attention. Who is it? Uh, you turn toward it, and you hear the door like being shaken, and you see there's a big battle mannequin just like leaning against it. It's been shredded with marks, like claw marks, tooth marks, and big crack, like chunks taken out from a mace. It's blocking the doorway. I smash it out of the way. Just crush it. And then the door opens, and standing there on the other side uh, are two figures. One steps in. He's dressed in the same sleek robes he always is. You recognized Hope and Kel. And behind him steps up into the door, dressed in her full crimson battle regalia, Rivora the Fury. Well, champion, it is dawn. Are you ready for your training? Are you ready for my training? <laughs> I am champion. I hope that you're ready for round two, Hope and Kill. Oh, I'm not going to be participating this time. I'm just keeping score. Jim. Jim. You see as the other champions just blink out of existence in the chamber, presumably returning to the waking world. The gods step off to one side of the chamber alone. To, together, they step over there together and begin to speak one another. 
Um, and even though you're right next to them, pretty close to them, you can't really hear their words. So it seems like maybe they're having a private conversation. And you turn and behind you, in the place of Atonia's throne, there stands the beautiful monolith woven together in pure silver, gold, and pearl. It is a monument to the goddess Atonia. There is a face plating of cherry wood bearing the mark of your goddess. I'll look at it. Step up to it, observing it. And as you do, just waiting and looking, Dervetter steps up behind you, standing silently alongside you for a moment. After a few silent moments, he speaks. You saw her last, Jemalil, as herself. There were other mortals who saw her in her fallen state after Blackfire had wounded and drained her. Yours was the last kind voice to speak with my beloved. And he reaches forth, ashen-skinned hand forward, tracing the mark of her triquetra. She was, of all living things, most lovely. And I shall never escape the pain of such a loss. Jim cries. Was she kind to you, Jim? Kinder than I could have ever imagined. Did she ever take you to her home? She did. Her little tea cubby. She was a complicated goddess. But she was dear. And I shall miss her. Come on. You turn, Paylor and Prevalian have both left. They're gone. And Dervetter opens another one of those triangular gateways the same way that you arrived here from the astral plane. And he motions for you to step through the white light. You go. I go through. With one look back, he glances toward the monument again. Then with a bowed head and his sorrow renewed, he follows Jim through the portal. As the triangular gate closes behind them, the chamber of the gods is quiet. No air stirs, not a speck of dust. There is only the sourceless light illuminating the divine platform. And then, as silence falls, no one is there to see. As the Triquetra of Otonia, embossed beautifully on her memorial, with the faintest of orange, red, and green light, glows. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode. No, I have too many questions. Paul, that was great. Wow. Too many questions. Oh, man. Hey. Thank you guys for listening. No, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Make Believe Heroes. Bruh. Bruh. The champions of the gods. Bruh. The gods. Avengers Assemble. What do you think about those new god-like power things? Let's have to see how it all shakes out, won't we? Those are all really cool. Uh, thank you guys so much. Blaze is very confused. For listening. <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed this. We look forward to continuing our journey next week. If you want to see where Blaze is when he wakes up, tune in for episode eight. In the nine hills. 
I'm making excited. that sound intentionally mischievous. He's just going to be like at Walmart or something. It's going to be <laughs> nice. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next what? week. Mogert woke up on a stinking dragon. Yeah, bull. It's awesome. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, everybody. In that voice, can you go, Deku? Deku! 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 <laughs> if someone had access to these videos, uh, they could probably just go through and just take screenshots of my face <laughs> from when people say certain things. And it's just like, oh, uh, just how defeated I am. Definitely. Like every, uh, how many times time. Paul rolls his eyes or closes every time his Paul eyes goes, in pain? He closes his eyes people and just. People would die. Every time Paul does this. Can anybody tell me what Glum sounded like? Sorry. What's Glum? It kind of sounded like Jim Dale's creature, but nicer. No, he sounded like. Hey, look! I, I'm watching a clip from last the last video, and I just watched one of those times where Alan said something, and I closed my eyes. <laughs> How many times do I do what that? Do you say? It's just like. Yeah, very, I think it was like that. Very. I don't know what it was. I have no idea. I don't think it was. It was like. <laughs> just introduce a new uh, butler. <laughs> good call. Good call. Brackle. Who's Brackle? Meg does. Anyone else? Joe does. Joe? Joe Mama. I like Brackle. I would follow. Joe Mama comes. Brackle, your mom's here. <laughs> Brackle's mom's here? He hasn't seen her since she died. Oh. <laughs> it, it was a pretty uh, pretty gruesome scene. <laughs> Does Alan know why he has a second shadow? I have literally forgotten everything that happened before today. <laughs> he did say that. He said that at the beginning of the episode. He did tell us. And he's looking a little odd. You might notice his skin has some discoloration, maybe some little knobs sticking out. And um, closer inspection, looks like gourds. Nice. Alan, are you doing this? Jim little Carth, your cousin Brackle sends his regards. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brackle's here? Do it for the bloopers. Do it for the bloopers. Chris walks in. Hi, guys. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> and then wakes up from a stream and cries. Uh, Champion of the Orange Drake on Kelly. Yes, that is me. Jim vomits like six pumpkins. What is happening? I do not get the reference. Alan did. His power is just pumpkins, you know? Because, okay. I mean, she's the goddess of autumn, right? So just pumpkins. Very impressive, Jim Alil. Just pumpkins and uh, gourd postules on his body that produce pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> yes. That sounds delicious. So you're a barista. <laughs> yes. I like yeah, a body barista. <laughs> a body That's disgusting. Ew! Sometimes when we touch... <laughs> I, knew. I knew it was gonna be so fun. And then Jim grows some pumpkins. Why didn't Fjord specifically ask for Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a few reasons. <laughs>